Hello, everyone, and welcome to the third episode of the Far Out Wisdom mini series called Free Flow Mind Sex Orgies of Ideas Multiplying into Compressed Information Based on Individualistic Experiences, Giving Birth to Wisdom That Is Contagious and Dangerous. Fueled by what Jason Silva calls philosophical expressos, I invite guests onto the show to show that not only are we capable of being gods, but also teachers. My third guests are Jenner Zeno from the Mindwayne Universe podcast and Connor Dirting from the Daily Discussion podcast. These two are probably my top three favorite white boys. I love sitting down and talking with them at the fact they make me laugh a lot. A little, sing- little silly thing I have learned from them is that Jenner really likes hot pink while Connor used to rap. So anyways, we dive into philosophy, religion, and always, they share the wisdom at the end of the show. Enjoy! He's ready for you. Oh, bitch. Girl, real, I was born real, ready. Real quick, real quick. You know what the the thought that I, that I woke up this morning with? Because you were like, yes, you know, like, this is Khmer music. Um, and, and, uh, I, I had realized I'd done my whole like Asian-y stereotype thing and my whole new, my whole new persona is going to be like a white trash, like, Hey bitch, come here. <laughs> like, Hey, come here. Like using come here and come here as like a white trashy. <laughs> Hi everyone. I can do Donald Trump the whole time. <laughs> Hi everyone. Welcome back to the Far Out Wisdom mini series called Free Flow Mind Sex. Oh God, you and were recording you that? See, <laughs> See, I with my with my my buddies from the daily Connor Dirty from the day discussion and my and Jenner Zeno from Mindwave who called me a bitch earlier before this started. <laughs> I heard it. That is the, that is the nicest possible term of endearment that I can use for another human being. My bitches are like my my bitch. That's my crew. That's my homegirls. You're my homegirls. So if I call you bitch, it's because I love you, not because I'm like, oh, bitch. I'm like, oh, so, you're my bitch. So I invited these two guys onto my podcast. It's because the fact that I respect these guys deeply. And I'm trying to catch the wisdom of my friends in the process because back in February, I did lost a dear friend of mine and I didn't catch her wisdom. So this episode, the series was actually made for friends like Jenner and Connor for them to come on. And I'm trying to capture, capture them in their rawest form. So guys, welcome to Far Out, guys. So mm. <laughs> happy to be here. Oh, man. Thank, so the- thanks for finally inviting us on your show. I see. <laughs> yeah, so I feel I'm far gonna- out right now. <laughs> so the first questions that I have for you guys is who are you? Jenner or and Connor? Who, who, who are you guys? Where, what's Jenner, your I'm going to let you go ahead and start. All right. I was go- I was literally just going to pass the ball to you, but um, I, I beat you to it. So we we had that same like, oh, you 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 go ahead. That like uh, when you're standing at the at, at the grocery store and you're trying to hold the door open for somebody, and they're like, no, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I'm Jenner. Um, Mindwave is an experimental thing of uh, just crazy, beautiful nonsense that is just exploring what it is to be human and. Um, really embracing every last moment of it the the dark parts the the beautiful parts the embarrassing parts um so much of so much of our discourse now i feel is um we're we're being fake and we're doing it because 
that's the social norm. The social norm is to be shallow. When you ask somebody, hey, how are you? That's not a real question. Um, for most people, most people can tell it's not a real question. But for mm-hmm. me, that is a real question. I really want to know how you're doing. Um, so that that's that's my kind of mission in, in a nutshell is finding using my mind waves as they are as a kind of sonar to find beautiful people in the universe and try to amplify them. And you too, you two people, uh, <laughs> Connor and Boone are very special uh, in this yeah. domain for me. So it's, it, I, that, that, that's me. That's, that's Jenner. That's the, the mind wave podcast. <laughs> yeah. You know, I used to work at a health food restaurant and this guy would always ask me, how are you feeling right this moment? And I feel like that invokes just a little bit more of an honest response than just like, how are you? You know what I mean? You could try it out. Implement that. Anyway, my name is Connor. Um, I am the host of the Daily Discussion. We're not going to talk too much about that, but it is a place where the best ideas are challenged. We try to bring people from all over the spectrum of belief into one place where we can discuss ideas, call each other out where we think they fall short, and embrace each other where we think that they are thriving. So um, real quick, just to give a little brief introduction to myself, I was born in Washington. I've lived in Washington my whole life. And I'm going to get real deep here, guys. Are you guys ready? Mm-hmm. All right. You know, I was a really emotional kid, and I, I like to talk a lot. I always really liked to talk. You know, most kids ask their parents, to read to them. I would just ask my parents to talk to me for like Mm -hmm. 10 minutes before I went to bed. Um, So I always knew that I would end up doing something that was predicated on just having discussions with people, hence the name, The Daily Discussion. Mm -hmm. So I really respect Jenner and Boone so much. I'm happy to be on the Far Out podcast, bro, Uh, because you guys are just, you guys indulge my need to talk. And so, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to discuss some stuff about my life. I think I've lived a pretty interesting life. So uh, I'm ready to talk about it. Yeah, Jenner, where were you born? La Jolla, California. <laughs> oh, so you're Are we all uh, Pacific Standard Time? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know about Jenner. We uh, are we are now half half the time we are uh, and half the time we aren't. And this is a weird thing moving from California to Arizona because I grew up with daylight savings time. And then I moved out here into Arizona, which is kind of podunk yeehaw. Uh, we don't do that. Silly nonsense. We don't change our clocks. Ain't nobody got time for that. Uh, so yeah, right now, currently, in uh, what God, I had to look at the date. It's March 21st. Currently, yes, I am on Pacific Standard Time. Usually it's mountain, but like not regular mountain, Arizona mountain, which we have our own time zone. It's weird. Right, right. So, so you guys talked about like, um, you know, to, to, uh, to go back a little bit to you guys' podcast, you know, what, so it influenced you, uh, Connor, to have a discussion daily, right? And does it frustrate you sometimes? Because I'm not in your, your group or anything like that. And thank God, because I am feisty, but like, (laughs) doesn't it like tire you out sometimes, like constantly? talking i mean we do podcasts so jenna and i we do podcasts and just like us you know but i can actually pause and stop whereas with on your page it's like constantly 
doesn't it tire you out or? Yeah. So let me start by saying um, I had another podcast before this one where, and I was kind of going through a phase where I was like a total freaking hippie. Like I was, I was walking around barefoot. Uh, you know, I had, I had, I had quartz crystals by my bed. Like I was in there in that hippie lifestyle. And yeah. I just got a little bit older and realized like, you know, I wasn't very seasoned. The podcast was kind of all over the place. It didn't really have a vision. Uh, so mm -hmm. I, it's actually still on YouTube, but they're all in private. Maybe someday I'll put them on public, just to embarrass myself a little bit. But um, the daily discussion was more predicated on the idea that I, I started having conversations with people because I grew up in a really liberal bubble. And mm -hmm. I started having conversations with people who thought radically differently than me. And I realized that I learned more from those conversations uh, than I did from any conversations that I've ever had in my whole life. In fact, I learned more from those conversations than I've ever learned from anything in my entire life. So I decided to make a, a, a podcast slash group where we could just do that. And it was, yeah, it's feisty sometimes. Uh, people get angry. People throw ad hominems. That's kind of the nature of the beast that it is because we're bringing together people who have belief systems that are literally incompatible. Although I'm not convinced that that's true. I, I, I would like to believe that if we spent more time focusing on how ideas synergize rather than how they're incompatible, we actually could create like a distillation of perspective. But I will say about the group specifically, I'm not, I'm more like an ominous figurehead. I'm not really immersed in that group anymore. That group has mm -hmm. taken on a mind of its own and I don't really participate that much in the discussions. I've gotten kind of spoiled by the podcast format. Uh, it's right. just mm -hmm. such a better way to communicate. It's just so much more effective. Nobody gets angry because you can, you can hear people's inflection. You can kind of right. get a better feel for what they're trying to say. So as far as the group goes, I wouldn't care if it all just went away today. I'm more focused on the podcast and, you know, my other creative endeavors. Mm -hmm. And what about you, Jenner? What, what, what frustrates you and what do you like about MindWave? Oh, man. I love everything about MindWave right now. And um, I, I've been describing this as kind of – a, it's because it's it's all for catharsis for me. It's an mm -hmm. audio journal. I have started crying ritually <laughs> on the <this> show, <laughs> and yeah. and yeah. and this is another important point. I've been getting too drunk on the show, um, right. and this is something that I I hear obviously because all of my editing is in sober mode after the fact, and um and I hear it. And I hear myself embarrassing myself a lot. I hear myself, mm. um, you know, going too far and repeating myself and, and making an ass out of myself. But like, right. it's, it's, it is the Milky Way, the Milky Way. If you've ever looked up in the night sky, if you're far away enough from a city, you've seen, you've seen it. It is the collective light of a hundred billion stars and, there's a beautiful thing that goes down the middle of it because we're just positioned ever so to where there's this cloud of gas and dust that mm. is in between us and the center of the Milky Way. And it mm -hmm. blocks out some of the light. It's dark, but it that darkness makes the larger picture so much beautiful, so much more beautiful. And we need we need to embrace that. We need to embrace our, our entire true selves <laughs> as, as they yeah. manifest themselves. Um, so it, and this is in terms of, in terms of my show and how, how that's developed, I really haven't seen even a tiny, the tiniest shred of 
negativity. Excuse me, because like people have challenged me, but it's like the challenges themselves aren't in good faith. They're not genuine. And anybody who listens to the show knows that they're not genuine. So I just don't take Mm. them seriously because they've proven in their, in their challenging me, they've proven that they don't deserve to be taken seriously. And I think that's the healthiest way to go about it. You're always going to get trolls. You're always going to get haters. But my whole ethic has been like, if you're going to criticize me, criticize what I'm actually saying. Can you point to the exact sentence that I said that offends you rather than just God, that's so jump, true. jumping on the, the, the bandwagon, the grabbing a pitchfork and trying to, you know, destroy the thing that I've built. I, nobody is going to come at me like that and be successful unless they're criticizing something that I've, that I, unless they're criticizing a view that I actually hold, because it's <laughs> one thing to say, Oh, you know, you're a transphobe or whatever. Um, because a lot of the areas of discourse that I've gone into on my show, especially with Boone, uh, it, like literally with Boone, like you were, you helped me crack this nut on my own show of getting into <laughs> no that particular thing. Like, uh, oh, totally no pun intended, but it was delicious. <laughs> I, I don't have my bell handy. I, I, I always fail at that. But it, it really is that. It's like, it's like, I, and um, not to get too deep or, or too personal, but for me, I was bullied my whole life. I was bullied because of my name. People called me Jennifer Jennard. I with a hard D. I always had big Coke bottle glasses. I was very awkward. You know, like everybody bullied me my whole life. And when I got to this point, it's like, well, you know, I kind of have that attitude of like, what? You're going to make fun of my name. You're going to make fun of me for wearing glasses. What are you six? It's right. Right. Why why am I wasting my bandwidth on you? And so as far as my critics go, which shockingly, shockingly have been, it's literally like only one person has ever really kind of tried to call me out and they failed at it miserably. So it wasn't even like a real thing I had to deal with. You guys both go, you're both braver than I am in terms of embracing the thing that we're all doing, which is, you know, controversial thought, embracing discourse, differences of ideas and opinions. Um, we're all doing that, but you guys are a lot braver than I am. And you, your circles in particular are much more ideologically diverse than mine. You're mm-hmm. going to a lot more, um, things are going to get challenged a lot more in, in your circles than they are um, in mine. But it, 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 it forces me into that position of, being like this is why this is all of us doing it together because you guys have strengths that I don't um in in this domain and we're all on the same kind of fucking mission here of just trying to bring people together and trying to get conversation going and things moving in the right direction we're trying to move the needle as as in however humbly that we can we're trying to just move it just a little bit for the whole species and you know it feels it feels futile um, in my last, and, and I'll wrap it up on this as a closing out of this thought. In my last, I was invited um, to do a live stream with Isaac from The Daily Archetype, who is mm. somebody I discovered through The Daily Discussion, which is mm-hmm. beautiful. Um, but it was this challenging, this, oh my God, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> So you guys meet like cool people on the daily discussion, but every time like I go on Connors or Jenner, they always send me a friend request. They go, "Hey, baby, 
You know, I'm like, don't you guys want to fucking talk to me? Or you guys want to just like see my vagine and boobies? What the fuck? Oh my God. Oh, I just want to say that I have, I'm proud to say that since I started the daily discussion, I haven't, yeah. me- I haven't messaged a single, I get messages from girls sometimes, but I, I think, yeah. I just think it's weird. I just think that that's like, dude, you're in, you're on the other side of the country. Why are you go, go to a bar near your house? Well, you can't, can't do that now. <laughs> you can't go to bars now. Oh yeah, maybe that's why. Maybe that's why yeah. I've seen an influx. That's totally in the last why. One. I'm just kidding. I've been getting a bunch of these yeah. like people adding me to group messages, and then I open them, and then it's like porno, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I totally forgot where I was going with the daily archetype thing. I, well, I, I know what you were. I know what you were saying though. I, I, yeah. I think some derivative of the fact that you've met some of the coolest people you've ever met yeah. through these networks of fa- Facebook networks, and I have too. Like you guys. And uh, and Cedric and Brian and 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 BJ, all these people that I've never met have sort of become like my best friends, and it's it's yeah. it's it's a crazy it's a crazy time we live in where you can make meaningful relationships without even leaving your house. Right. I've never met either one of you in real life, but if I, ever I feel like knew, I have, like get, get we're there's going to be a giant hug involved in in both you cases. Know, Jenner- me and you, For now, we, we'll just have to go ahead. Yeah, so Jenner and I, we met through the intellectual dark web group. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember when I made a comment. It was me and Melissa. She, we were talking about something. And I then love her. Um, I love – she yeah. needs to get on the show immediately because I oh, run into yeah, her she, all the time. Gonna, I love her. Yeah, so if you guys don't know this, um, her, her dad and my dad fought each other during the Cambodian Civil War. Do you guys know that? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. a one-on-one duel? No, I'm just no, kidding. No, they, they, they well, <laughs> <laughs> so they, they went up against each other, and yeah, that's me and her were gonna have that conversation. But I was in the IDW group, and I remember Jenner posted a video, and he said, "I'm gonna get into this IDW thing," and that's how. And he goes, "You know, you guys, give me any topics that you guys like to discuss." And I said, "You know, the fall of liberalism." And then after that, Jenner and I were supposed to like, um, we were supposed to like. Go, do it like long a long time ago but i kind of felt like i'm comfortable around jenner i don't know why it's be- i don't know what it is it's it's nothing personal it's just that that i'm i'm when i invite people onto my podcast i like to know a little bit who they are you know like mm. so i can be like i don't like having a conversation where um i feel kind of constricted because like i said with you guys you guys have no problem with you know expressing about who you are and things like that i want to know who you guys are like you know who influenced you i mean your background what you know who made you who you are not many people like to have that conversation they're they're pretty kind of you know can close and um have their guard yeah. up you know absolutely thing, I, I i i hate i hate to do this because i hear myself do it all, all the time especially when i drink but the thing i was bringing up in um the daily archetype discussion was that it was based off of jordan peterson's 12 rules which i have never right. read i've i've I've, yeah. I've never read it it's, it's been on, it's decent it's been on my list for a long time but it it that theme that theme of you know like embracing em, embracing the darkness a little bit and using it as as a as a moving force as a as a motivational tool to move things forward um is that that's the string that i was going to tie back to that because that is it, it really is that like embrace it for what it is not what we wish it would be not what we culturally pretend that it is you know it's 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 just like you know the light is the light the dark is the darkness and uh, you know there's lots of places to play around in between but 
it really is seeing it for what it actually is and accepting it. You know, this mm-hmm. goes into Buddhist philosophy of, you know, mm. things arising and, and passing away like clouds in the sky, you know, like mm. seeking happiness. You're never going to find true happiness because happiness is a fleeting state. You know, it's, right. it's something that comes and goes. The The thing that we're really after here is contentment. Um, it's it's just it, it's a stable, stable mill ground to stand on because so much of you know, our, our, our discourse is chasing something that we can never get. It's a shallow goal. It doesn't involve, you know, reciprocation or cooperation or anything like that. It's just a selfish, I want to be happy. Whereas like, like you said, like something like, um, like meaning or contentment, it comes from knowing that you're, you know, being a pillar in your community and knowing that you're doing things for other people that you don't have to do. Like you, 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 you could, you could easily opt out of those things and it wouldn't affect you at all, but you do them because kind of like what you did for Cedric, like you didn't have to do that, but you did it because, you know, I'm sure it made you feel good and you were happy to help out another human being. And that, you know, I'm sure. And, and sometimes when you have to go through the, like the process of constructing that, it's not always happy. It's like, if I, um, you know, if I, uh, if I want to get my, my girlfriend a really nice present, uh, that makes me happy, but I got to work a few extra shifts and that doesn't make me happy, but, but I'm willing to make that bargain so that it can, mm-hmm. you know, for a more long-term happiness, like a delayed happiness kind of. Mm-hmm. It, there, there, there's a flag there because um, uh, I, as a lifelong quote non-believer who's, who's culturally Christian, are you still there, Connor? Can you still hear me? What happened? We may have lost Connor. Hello? Shit. Hello? No, no, he... He, he put us on mute. I think he hit the mute button on himself. Oh, um, Connor, un, unhit your mute. <laughs> it, it, it was <laughs> not like like button. me. Oh. Hello, hello, hello. I'm I, I I I don't know. I have a super super goddamn important flag right now. Oh fuck. Connor. Hello. Connor. Shit. It always happens. It always happens, man. Boone, are you? The reason I challenged him is because I, I knew that it wasn't genuine. He wasn't. He, he, there you go. I, I, I'm an asshole, too. I'm an asshole, too. I, I, I love assholiness. I love that we're back and we're recording now. I'm sorry. I had to do it, guys. It's just I I pretty much marked it. And then my mic went on fucking mute for some odd reason. So Mm. uh, to my audience, we apologize. We're we're, we're, we're using Squadcast right now. So it's brand new. Uh, The reason why is because uh, Connor is using his phone. And due to the commie virus, his internet's (laughs) down. Okay. So I don't think my phone said I had a great network the whole time. Was it me? I, I don't know. I, I don't know what happened. I'm I'm watching it and yeah, I'm I'm looking at the in, but you we lost you. Yeah, and the, oh because I had to like refresh because I oh. lost both of you guys. Oh. So it's so this is what happens guys when we do podcasting. So a lot of people there that's on our booty hole that's like, you know, we're we're, we're... <laughs> 
<laughs> people ask us all the time we're, 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 how come you're not posting this well this is what happens we we i know you guys like to watch a little bit on, on camera and on podcasting and stuff like that but this is what we have to deal with we have to deal with a lot of audio uh stuff We're trying to hold stuff. the far out podcast down man <laughs> technical difficulties um, so, go ahead. this is this is an important an important point on disagreement um because connor you'd you'd brought up brian and and i i i felt that the reason that we got into contention there is because he, he was talking past i was talking to him he was talking past me um, mm-hmm. and, and I'm not, I'm not one of the people who's willing these days to let that right. slide. I'm, I'm like, not, if you're going to talk to me, talk to me. You know I'm what not I mean? For Brian's behavior at all, because sometimes it is pretty awful, but I'm standing up for Brian as a person. He's a good dude in the, to the core, but he just, on he's, he's awful through text. He, he knows I think that. So it's okay for me to say that. I yeah. and and I am I'm fully like I am almost certain that we would get along if we had ever talked in real life. And I I'm considering this real life. But um just to kind of pick up the thread from before we got cut off, Connor you you you'd mentioned about me picking up this project uh for Cedric and making this <clears throat> this video that I I don't necessarily quote believe in it's it's not that it's not that i disagree it's not that um i don't i don't believe it's it's that and and you use the word choice like i chose to do that and and in some kind of way i didn't i didn't choose that i was called to do that by the thing that people are calling god i don't Again, I don't can you know contextually for for this thing. I feel like it's preceding all of it. I feel like our language is shitty at getting at what it actually is. But right. I my my There's heart and my between, soul are open to that. Right. It, There's a difference between admiring someone's message and unequivocally believing it. You know what I mean? Or 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 you know having having deep friendships and not only will be willing to talk to somebody, but be, be willing to work with them when, when you disagree uh, about, about something that might be super fundamental. I think, I think it's important to show that it is, it is possible to, to be coming at the same thing from different places without judgment you know, and, and this is going into Christian theology is very much like this is a part of Christian Christian theology that I love is that, you know, it is not it's it's a judgment free thing because it's like, well, you know, we're all here. We're all broken. We're all broken toys on the weird ass island of humanity that we are. But our our, 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 our our job is not to judge each other. If If it's anybody's job to judge it's it's the thing that people are calling god so i don't you know it it this is a new realm for me this is very very new esque thing i've ever heard you say in my entire life and i just want to say i want i have one tiny tear falling down my face right now uh, just just to, to <laughs> let you guys know they it's they 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 were talking about it in a group and um to uh, the other day about like 2 weeks ago these guys go into really deep theology shit 
they talk about alchemy, they talk about all that stuff, and they and they fought in a messenger that were in over fruits and veggies and shit. Oh, and this man. is why I love these guys because they they oh my god they get along so well like like Jenner and Connor they have this bromance going on and I'm like right in the middle you know in in this threesome I'm right in the middle I'm just watching them you know oh. and I'm just observing these two and these guys can go on for days and so I'm gonna have a segment called drunk philosophy and I can't Ugh. wait to have these two on and I'm gonna hear them fight and it's gonna be awesome I'm gonna Isn't have so nice? many. <laughs> I no. will never fight with Connor. No, no. See, we you guys, will, you guys, you guys fight with never each other. Even, no, we will never even disagree. This is the this is the thing. This is the this is the false disagreement thing, because so much of the contention that we feel with other people in the world who see things a little bit differently than we do, right. it's not even disagreement. We're not even disagreeing. We're just coming at it from different places and no, um, no. But think about this. unpacking it is what fixes it you know what i mean go ahead go ahead connor i was just saying that day never happened as far as i <laughs> and so <laughs> and so but but I, I took these two under my my little my little my little bees my little bee titties and i hugged them and i said no 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 don't fight with each other guys <laughs> And this is this is why we why I enjoy these guys is because I love you, man. I love you. <laughs> and so we get along with, along with each other because this is the point of this free flow mind sex is for ideas to breed with each other. If you don't allow it to breed, <laughs> nothing nothing's gonna happen, and we're gonna have people fighting on the internet about nuts and peanuts and veganism and all that stuff. And we need those ideas to climate to change come. and energy mm-hmm. policy and politics and gender politics and all Excellent. of it. It's all the same thing. So this is going to be an, an interesting question that I think is going to be, it's going to take a while. So this is for both of you guys. What figure that you guys look up to and what figures did you guys used to look up to, but was disappointed in the process? Like, um, you know, the, uh, Connor, he talks about Jordan Peterson a lot. So, who influenced you guys? Okay, uh, my first intellectual hero was Terrence McKenna. I don't know if you guys know who that is. Oh, I love him. Yeah, go ahead. He is um, a psychonaut. He's a big proponent of psychedelics, a big proponent of alchemy. And I definitely would say that every, like, not everything Terrence McKenna says is true. I think his brother once said if even 10% of what Terrence said was true, it would still be amazing. And so that's kind of gives you an impression of the kind of guy he was. He was a little egotistical, but he said things in a very beautiful way that I really appreciated. Um, and I, you know, oddly enough, I, I learned about him from Joe Rogan and that kind of sent me on a cycle to learn about people like, you know, Alan Watts and Carl Jung and Frederick Nietzsche, which led me to like platonic thinkers and, and, th- and many different theologians like Joseph Campbell. So, um, but your, your question is uh, a hero that I really admired that I was disappointed in. Yeah, um, like, yeah. Ooh, you know, as a hip hop fan, I, <laughs> yeah. The, you know, you want some intel- an intellectual hero. None of my intellectual heroes have really disappointed me. Oh wow! Not too much because I because I don't look at people and hold them to a standard. I look at people and I understand everybody's has these quirks, and you know, everyone has you know oddly shaped branches coming out of their base and everyone's everyone's mm-hmm. a little off but i but mm-hmm. i appreciate everybody for their offness if that makes sense mm. those, are, those are the most beautiful parts of humanity man mm-hmm. right. like 
it is it is the it is the dark rift in the Milky Way. Um because humanity itself is comprised of a hundred billion stars and their collective light, you know, shines out to the rest of the universe, but there there is a there is a big dark part there in the middle that's blocking some of it out and that it is one of the most beautiful things if if you really look at it. Um, in terms of my own inspiration, I was pretty much forced into this realm, into this domain by a YouTuber um, mm-hmm. who his, his channel is called Symphony of Science, or this the series. Melody Sheep is the artist. Um, Melody Sheep, like Family Guy. Mm-hmm. He, it, the, the, this guy took the best of the best of the best wisdom and and used a really ugly tool called autotune which we all think is obnoxious mm-hmm. we all get that like shared <laughs> like autotune is such an ugly uh thing but what this guy did what this guy did John D. Boswell, my fucking hero. He took he took science lectures and he took documentaries and he took the best of the best of the best content in the world and he filtered speech, just regular speech from people like Alan Watts and and Sam Harris and Carl Sagan and 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 in Mr. Rogers and mm-hmm. and a, and a billion other beautiful people and he he used the tool of autotune to kind of become mm-hmm. the earworm that mm-hmm. like he used the christmas music method which i mm-hmm. hate which is like the like let me drill this into your head he used yeah. the ugliest tool that people use to drill shit like ass and titties balls and ass and titties oh oh we're going to get drunk in the club we're going to like oh it's the fucking shit but no he took that to like a real deep level where he was remixing Alan Watts and Carl Sagan Jenner, do you know who Akira the Don is yeah it's Akira the Don's man on he's on my list on my list on my list yeah. like my list is getting longer and longer sounds like their their endeavors are pretty similar uh, just, I would say, Cure the Dawn just kind of meters the speech over a beat rather than like auto tunes it or anything like that. But he's a really interesting guy. I had him on my show. If you want me to get him on your show, I can reach out to him. I mm. I have a list of dozens and dozens, but I need to get a Cure the Dawn on because it's about the storytellers. The power of the storyteller really cannot be understated in our society today. Jesse Rogers is the superpower storyteller of of my century here because he's he translates this shit in a way that um it it makes it digestible it makes it accessible to other people so like i got introduced to this whole domain through melody sheep but like it introduced me to the larger thing which is like it got me into all of carl sagan's work which like if i have to pick Mm -hmm. one person it's carl sagan who inspired everything that i'm doing um, but you know, in, in terms of podcasts, like Sam Harris was enormously influential on me in terms of people who've let me down. 
Um, honestly, and this feels shitty to say, is mm-hmm. that the the because of the way that you phrased the question, um, mm-hmm. the like who inspired you but let you down, um, I I gotta take it to Andrew Yang because mm. because do you consider him a philosopher absolutely he he he's yeah. a you know voice of the generation he's he way ahead of his time way ahead of his time right. people didn't take him seriously his platform was stunted it wasn't allowed to grow um you know just because of the cultural zeitgeist as it were um so but that's not that's an important point to say that like that mm. wasn't his failing. That was our failing as a society. So I'm not disappointed in him. I'm disappointed in us for not listening to him. I really don't have any people at the top of my list who I'm like, Oh yeah, you had the right idea, but you fucked it up. You know, well, like- I always <laughs> wonder though. I always wondered why Alan Watts drank himself to death. Like, mm. you know Oh, I, mean? I don't. I always- I mean, well, because alcohol is great, right? That's that's yeah. That's, yeah. I don't. When sense. when you're this Connor, when you're this in touch with shit, mm-hmm. when you're this tuned in to that that level of the universe, it's excruciating. Right. That's what happened to Nietzsche as well. I mean, he pretty much died in a mental asylum because he was just too he was too smart. He, he it, it, it was his downfall was his intelligence. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, and that's that's pretty much how i feel i mean the, the the person that influenced me was was nietzsche and i read nietzsche when i was 18 yeah 18 and i came across his book unexpectedly like accidentally really and i remember reading his first huh what was the first book by nietzsche you read the, the first book that i read was um the one i opened it was the um I can't think of the top of my head, but it, genealogy of morality and the Antichrist. Uh, no, it was one that Dr. Peterson recommended. He talks about that book a lot, a lot. Um, yeah, so I, that book I read accidentally, and I hated Nietzsche after that. I respect him <laughs> and I hate him at the same time because that book gave me an anxiety attack. Man, it just—I was like, I can't do it, and I, I pretty much fell into like a, a mental breakdown after that. And um, when you open yourselves like what we're doing right now we are exposing ourselves to ideas that are pretty much just challenge us and when i started the agora and and and, um jenner you're always invited to be one of the hosts and stuff i'm scared because i'm nervous in a way because i know i'm going to be exposed to different ideas that's going to challenge my own because i'm so comfortable with my life right now and i'm like fuck i'm going to be exposed to different philosophers now good point and i've been thinking about something similar to that lately about the danger of ideas and you know mm-hmm. because it's, it's a double-edged sword an idea can literally update your framework in a way that allows you to propagate better in the future but it mm-hmm. can also help you see things about reality that are that are difficult for any person to to take on and that's that's you know shifting this back to, to my the first half of my life the first half of my life is pretty dark um i i i was a troubled young man and i was a really overly emotional kid and i think it's because i was interested in these ideas from a young age but i didn't really have the context to understand them you know and i was i was one of the first generations to have access to the internet i remember when my dad brought home the first computer and i would research all sorts of crazy stuff and it and and even though i couldn't bring myself to stop looking at those things because they were so captivating to me 
And looking back now, I can see why it caused me to have panic attacks and it caused me to have anxiety because I wanted to talk about things that none of my friends wanted to talk about. And, and, mm-hmm. and no one didn't want to talk about it because it, it's an idea can, 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 what am I trying to say? It can, it can help, it can give you insight into some of the darker aspects of the world that most people, like people not like you and me and Jenner, don't want to think about ever. And, it, and it's, it's, it's actually why we live in a society where people are so into Netflix and, and, and alcohol and drugs because it's so much easier to be captivated by those things than it is to be captivated by the fundamental aspects of reality that are maybe you could say they're, they're dark. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that that's pretty much where um, I want to I want to ask you guys, though, when did you guys start thinking philosophically, like start asking the real questions about life? Like what five years old? What about you, Jenner? I don't I don't even really know how to answer that question, because any mm-hmm. any time even the concept of philosophy uh, is introduced in into conversation with me, it feels mm-hmm kind of distant it feels like highfalutin <laughs> if you will mm-hmm. like i'm i'm not worthy to participate in that process <laughs> why um, do you say that well <laughs> it, it, it's, a, it's a silly thing to say but like this came up with my last conversation with isaac it, it, it mm-hmm. just like it fe- to even call yourself an armchair philosopher feels douchey yeah, mm. to, to the general yeah, public. Philosophers, I mean, aren't we all? I mean, philosophy is just like ontology. It's this, it's almost the same word. It just means the study of ideas and, and, and reality. And I think we are right. we're always doing that constantly. Mm. And that's true. That's true. I mean, we yeah, yeah, back in the the olden days before if you know philosophy ever, even became a degree, you know, Socrates challenged the Athens, the Athenians to think for themselves. And that's pretty much what philosophy is. And philosophy starts with the questions and science prove it. That's mm. how I see it. Yeah. So it, we need each other. Um, now, I'm not saying that I'm a philosopher, but I just have these questions. But philosophy to me is very important. And this is why, you know, I encourage everybody to to ask questions that makes you uncomfortable because it makes you be exposed to Connor and Jenner and stuff like that. It, it attracts these people into your, your little universe. And um, of course, you know, I, uh, it's, it's not fun. I'm just going to tell you that right now. It's good. It's going to hurt like a bitch. Okay. It's like it first time anal sex. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like first time uh, anal sex. Just lube it up a little bit. And then you'll be okay. No, move, move it up a lot the first time, girl, and like spend a spend a good hot minute on foreplay because you cannot you cannot understate the value of some some good like pregame action in but in butthole town. I mean, it just to, to go there. I don't have my bell. That would have been that would have been a, a, a moment to ring my bell. Go ahead, Connor. But like, you, you just, like it's not just lubing it in; it's like warming it up. You got to warm. You got to do both. You got to warm it up and lube it in, and then and then <laughs> go for it. He's <laughs> like, I'm gonna try to do that adverbally right now. Um, <clears throat> no, um, but no, you know, that's it's in, that's interesting though because ideas are. You know, we always say that human beings build build things, and that's what makes us different than animals. But I, I don't think that's what it is, actually. I think mm-hmm. the, the fact that we're different has to do with the fact that we have ideas. And you could say, oh, well, a cat has ideas. Well, yeah, maybe, but they all have the same ideas. 
We mm. are somehow a new idea that nobody else has ever had. And if it wasn't for that idea, we wouldn't even have the the intimation to build it or to construct it. So ideas are funny though, because they, they kind of rope you in. They're like, Oh, come, you know, sh- let me show you these new ideas. They're nice and cool. But then, you know, you let them sit, you let them fester in your mind for a little bit and you go, Oh, that idea is, is it, it, it has a dark side is what mm-hmm. I was trying to say. And it does. And just like, you know, I start the introduction, you know, ideas, you know, we give birth to ideas that are not only, you know, courageous but also dangerous as well because you're going to be exposed to things and and to my listeners you're going to be exposed to ideas you know especially like the daily discussion and the mind wave and the far out wisdom podcast it's just dude we're like that lube you know we're helping you out in the process to kind of go about it and it's going to fucking hurt i'm just when i started philosophy i kind of regret opening that fucking book but my 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 philosophy um journey you per se started when i i witnessed um a, a, a child got hit by a car so it started right there so when i saw a child got hit by a car in front of my face and i saw death i saw actual death and so that made me into the person that i am today it encouraged me to ask these questions like i you know why do people kill people why do people hurt why why am i empathic why why does this person think about the same thing this is where psychology comes in try to get the reason to why we act the way that we do but philosophy starts with the question and science prove that question or not you know and so that we're kind of neat philosophers but i don't even think it's like necessarily a degree per se but but it starts with people just asking questions even though it makes you uncomfortable but um sometimes people can't take it I mean, Plato and Socrates and Nietzsche may, well, no, I shouldn't invoke Nietzsche there, but like the classic philosophers, okay, like the the Stoics, to invoke the Stoics. Right. This this was not like a credentialed thing you had to prove to society that you were able to do before you could be taken seriously and printed in a book. Um, I, I, I mean, this goes back to the individual empowerment thing and, and the, you know, just like shirking, just just getting rid of that false narrative that like you have to be, you know, a, a philosophy professor at a university to even be able to have these conversations publicly. I think we need to. Right. Shut that down immediately. <laughs> like, no, you don't need a degree to be able to say the sky is blue or that yeah. humans matter. To an extent, we all face the same problems that philosophers face, maybe just to a lower degree, because we don't necessarily think about it as much as they do. But I, I kind of agree with you, Boone. I think most people, um, they're, they're people who become interested in philosophy, kind of do so by a fa- from a fascination of death or maybe a fear mm. of death. Because um, that was really the big thing for me when my when my when I first understood that people die, my first question was, why was I born into this universe where I die? And also on top of that, why was I born into this universe where I will die and I know that I'm going to die? What is the right. point of that? And it wasn't until I studied philosophy that I realized one benefit to knowing that you're going to die someday is that you and realizing that your life is finite is that you can work as hard as you possibly can or do it or, or 
do what you need to do now so that you can get it done. You know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. actually an, people look at death as such a negative thing. There's an evolutionary advantage there. The fact that I know mm-hmm. I'm going to die, what, what, what does that mean? That means I got to work right now. That means I got to be in a force in the world right now before it's too late. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you, and you, you guys can see it now. I mean, with the coronavirus, you guys can see it. People are just freaking out right now. Um, I'm a little bit more calm, um, but I'm a dick online to some people. And that's my fault, you know, because I'm irritated myself. It's my anxiety. And just like Connor, I did record a podcast and talked about you and your anxiety. Um, It's because we're empathic. And so, um, Jenner, I know you are. Connor, you are. It's we feel the energy of everybody else. And I start to know that um, I wrote an article for for a group. Uh, organization called idea pod and it's it's basically making the argument that westerners need to learn how to die um because we're just so fascinated with that we're gonna live forever and this is why a lot of the celebrities that you see they have botox and stuff because they can't handle the fact that they're growing older and so i i my great grandmother taught me that and she died at 124 years old and she embraced the process of existence basically and so that taught me to appreciate life a little bit more. And philosophy has made me a lot more, even though like I'm kind of like grouchy here and there, but that's just my personality um, and hormones on top of that. But I, I'm happier than what I was a decade ago when I was starting out in philosophy. Um, and it made me understand humans a little bit more and it makes me, me love them a little bit more um, to understand that we're just – the universe is just absurd you know it's just just like Albert Camus he, he's the myth of you know it's just everything is just a rolling would you guys agree though that having a philosophical framework yeah, yes I, I totally agree Boone I'm happier now that I have it because I was missing something as a child and maybe you could even say I was missing something that most people don't feel like they're missing um, yeah. but would you guys agree that with a philosophical mind mindset yeah, the peaks are higher, but the falls are also lower. Right. It is. Is Jenner with us? Is he still? Oh, there you go. I, I am here. No, <laughs> yet. Absorbing. Yeah. One of the negative aspects of having a philosophical mind is like, yes, the peaks are higher because when you're out in nature, you can appreciate it and you can, you can appreciate people more, but also you can't, there's that lower end of it too that when you're down you're you're more down it seems like right i think it's a lot easier for me to fall though like um we had and uh, you know when, when my uh friend passed away back in february i took it a little bit hard but at the same time it made me and inspired me to work a little harder and i i knew that she was dying but i was in denial and then i thought to myself if i don't believe in my philosophical beliefs then it's i shouldn't even be believing it in the first place so i put it into practice and i could tell you guys i feel a lot better i feel a lot calmer um i'm edgy and irritated sometimes but that's pretty much with with just life in general but just like you know connor said the fall is actually pretty you know it's kind of expected because that's the stoics kind of attitude that I have and it protect me a lot from high expectations, I guess. So it's, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, I, I know exactly what you mean because um, sometimes when we have those, when we have those moments where we're like, you know, when we're really down, it's easy to try to 
avoid the philosophy, you know, because it's almost <laughs> seems easier. Like, no, I'll just try to pretend I'll, I'll try to pretend that I was the person I was before I knew these things. But that doesn't really work once you already know those things. So it, the only thing you can do, like you said, is actually integrate them, put them into practice. Otherwise, you're you're repressing. And we know the literature in psychology is very clear. There's no there's no more topic in psychology that has more extensive research than the idea of repression. Repression right. always leads to pathology. It always does. Mm hmm. And with my, um, when Peterson answered my question back in April last year, he said to me, don't hold on to the anger that I had against my dad, right? And you remember in 12 Rules, he talks about the dragon that's underneath the carpet. Like people just kind of let the dragon grow and it starts to kind of disrupt your life in the process and it starts to show. And I noticed that my anger kind of got out of control and, um, I wanted revenge, right? I wanted to get into politics here in uh, the States and I wanted to like, you know, I'll, you know, fuck the communists, right? Um, I did set the, the flag on fire, but that's a different story. Uh, but I'm I'm not as angry as I used to be now that I kind of confront it. And I think it's because of interpersonal relationships and stuff. It's really exhausting. Even to Peterson himself, he said that, you know, it's really exhausting. Um, but the moment that you kind of slay your dragon that he talks about, um, you feel a lot kind of the like you're you don't have a guilty conscious and lately that has been kind of you know happening um and it's 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 making my i guess you know Carl Jung talks about like the individuation process a little bit easier for me like i'm putting my masculine and my feminine chi together and my ego and my shadow and stuff is all coming together and i feel like a complete person if that makes sense i, I mean i don't know if you guys ever experienced that that feeling of of wokeness i guess <laughs> self-actualization right. reaching the top of maslow's pyramid you know, I'll tell you about my life that i've never really said publicly it's kind of uh it's kind of embarrassing uh, i love it it took me a long time to get to the point that you're talking about boone um, I yeah. think I kind of had an intimation of it when I was going through my my more hippie phase, but it it, it just was really low resolution. It wasn't quite, it, it hadn't quite aligned yet, uh, and and really actually only in a couple in the last couple of years have I really felt like a complete person. But I was a really troubled young man. I my parents had no idea what to do with me because I was the I, I want I rebelled like more than most people do. Um, so much to the point that my parents actually sent me to rehab when I was about 17 years old. And I'm not a drug addict. Uh, I know oh. I don't I don't have the personality of an addict. I, I, I kind of knew when I was in there that I wasn't like those people. Um, but but at the same time, they kind of by the end of it, by the time I was done with my 35 days or whatever, I, I they sold me that I was. So that really confused me because. I now I was like embodying this thing that I wasn't because it made me feel like, oh, this is why I have all the problems that I have. And and so now I have a now I have something that I can blame it on. I have like a label that I can hide behind. I'm, a, I'm an addict. I'm an addict. But the thing is, is I, I, I never really had an addictive person. Never, I never I, I never was, but I tried to be it. And um, what am I trying to say? So. But 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 the fact that and that's the thing about my life, too, is I've tried to wear many hats like I, you know, I really liked the idea of being a stoner in high school. 
uh, not because I like loved weed. I mean, I like everyone likes weed a little bit, but it, it was more so like it gave me something to fit into. And then I also, like I said, I was a hippie. And then I also at the same time, I, I went through a phase where I was a conspiracy theorist and I went through all the, I had to wear all these different hats. And by the way, a part of those hats are still with me today, but I just don't like unequivocally attach myself to any label because beyond all those labels, I'm, I'm, I'm an individual. I'm Connor. I'm not, I don't like to call myself even political labels. You'll notice that I don't go around saying I'm a conservative that much, or I'm a, I'm a classical liberal, even though I think classical liberal is probably the, the, the umbrella term that would encapsulate what I believe in more so than right. any, but I just don't like, and that's such a, that's such a, God, that's such a pompous thing to say. I don't like labels, bro. I'm not into labels, but <laughs> yeah. are real because they, they, it's a good thing not to be attached to labels because it means that you're thinking for yourself and you're not acting as a mouthpiece for, for, for something that you're not. And that was my plight my whole life is I wanted to find, I wanted to fit into something, but I realized that I already had it all along. I just had to find it by looking within, not to sound like, right. like a mouth. But right, and with with philosophy, it does that. And and I think I, I don't remember who I said it to, but with, when you know, like you see a lot of uh, I, I like on Twitter, they think they're all cool, you know, dressing up in Nietzsche, uh, like the chicks with the beard and stuff like that. Like, oh my god, these fake assholes and their freaking philosophy and shit. I was like, come on, man, Philo- with, with with Nietzsche, he 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 put mind bombs in your brain, and it's gonna fucking explode, which it did to me. You saw those pictures, damn it. Huh? <laughs> yeah, so it's it's just like to me, you know, with, with to, in order to do philosophy, I I, I want to say there's no right or wrong way to do philosophy, but to me, it starts within, and then it comes out, and I think that's why you and I, Connor, we're a fan of Peterson because he started within first, and then it came out, and then he worked it in a way um, to to because we're 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 trying to. You know, people like us, individuals like us, the trio, we want to understand why things are happening. And I think that's a part of human nature, right? We want to understand things. So we kind of rationalize it the best that we can to make an explanation to ease our mind a little bit when we go to bed. And um, I'm pretty sure that all three of us have trouble sleeping sometimes, you know, because we just keep thinking and thinking about these questions and this is why um you know we we made our podcast so we can understand each other and so and that's I, why i made this series go ahead connor right and that's like yeah there's something about gaining perspectives from other people that help you realize your own perspective and it, i don't mean that in the sense that like you tell me what you believe and i say oh i believe that too but it just helps you kind of get like a get like a gauge as to like oh I kind of believe this aspect of it, but maybe I need to think more about this one. And those, th- those are the types of things that actually keep me up at night is why, wh- wh- why not so much what do other people think, but why do they think it? What, le- <laughs> what life experiences, what, what g- genetics or epigenetics led them to believe that to be the end all be all of truth. And that's why when- I think it's so important not to, um, in philosophy, not to, <laughs> speak in definitives because we as you know we as human beings our understanding of things is so limited like even like yeah we and science is beautiful we do a great job you know calculating and quantifying things but even our science operates within a limited framework 
and, and, and so too does our mind operate within a limited framework because we all have distortions and biases that make it hard for us to see things with clarity. But by talking to other people, you can actually update your framework. And so like, that's, a, that's another thing too, to, to maybe bring us into like a political conversation. But the reason yeah. I believe in free speech is because I've had a lot of bad ideas in my life. But and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, where I picked those bad ideas up, I, I don't know. It's whether childhood, my community, school, mul- a multitude of places probably. But had right. I not lived in a place that fostered my ability to express those bad ideas, I would have never opened myself up to have someone say, hey, Connor, I think that's a bad idea. And here's why. Right. Right. And um, that's that's it's more like a practice as well to kind of prepare you for not reality a lot of people can a lot of people make the argument that you know reality is subjective and i hear it all the time um and and our experience is certainly subjective exactly and so i want to know if i'm Mm -hmm. seeing what you're seeing so we can get an understanding of what what we're seeing (laughs) so it's just like i i really want to and then with 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 with, with the philosophy you know sometimes you know like we we can talk about postmodernism you know, what is the end game of this philosophy? Is it doing good? Is it doing bad? And it's really kind of hard to make an argument uh, with postmodernism because they are professional people who are good at um, nonsense. And so they took the art of philosophy and to me, they destroyed it. And so now people don't trust the institution. I mean, you can't blame them. There, you know, there's no dogma. In my personal opinion, there should be no dogma in philosophy and science. Those are the two subjects that should you know absolutely nothing you know like yeah, I'm, I'm, both, like yeah, a lot of people yeah fields are rampant with dogma oh god yeah and it's just like you know like um i don't, I don't know i don't know if you ever like any of you guys talk to anybody who's like a Noam chomsky fan um the other day dear I lord i met a bernie bro and we talked for a while he's he's a big Noam chomsky fan Oh my goodness gracious. I told them I have mixed feelings, but that was just me being nice. (laughs) (laughs) Did we lose Jenner? I I am still here. I'm trying not to be rude. Uh, I actually actually have Noam Chomsky on the list because um, he was invited by a colleague to come on my show like six months ago. And I. Oh, you should do it. He's like 100 years old now, almost. I didn't pursue it, but I I get that there's a ticking clock thing. Uh, He's like. 45 minutes away so i'm i might re discover <laughs> that that possibility there but uh yeah it, it's that's deeper than i'm willing to go it, yeah. it, for like the most of most of my show now is just catching up <laughs> catching up oh. to where i'm already at and yes. as opposed to trying to dive deeper into new shit and and i keep doing this i keep like yes let's start a new deeper diver bullshit project to deep dive deeper into the deeperest dv deepiest diviest parts and i'm like i still haven't done half the shit on my list it's it's fine yeah well that that, that happens like you know we, we that's us we have like a lot of projects that, that we do because we're yeah. just creative geniuses you know um and I'm, I'm i'm saying geniuses because we are we're like okay there's Pinky and the Brain. I'm pretty sure you guys know who I'm talking about. We're like Brain, but every time we start something, it always gets destroyed in the process. And you're Dude, like, have oh, you guys ever seen it. the last episode of Pinky and the Brain? No, I have not. <laughs> conspiracy. That whole show is a conspiracy. The Brain. I'm going to tell you guys this because this is so crazy. I think this is, speaks to 
reality a lot because a lot of the times the people that we think are smart actually actually are not. They just kind yeah. of present themselves in that way. But at the very last episode, the brain creates a machine that tells him why all of his inventions fail. And when he pull when he presses the button, it shows a picture of the brain. And then he asks, <laughs> and then he and then he recodes the machine to say. What, what would I need to make the ideas work? And it shows a picture of Pinky. Pinky was the genius. The brain was the dumb one the whole time. <laughs> yep. Yep. No, I, it's, oh yeah. Oh my God. It does feel like that, Isn't guys. That it's just fuck? like, a, go ahead. Isn't that a mind fuck? Yeah, it is. Exactly. It's a fucking mind. It just, it's just everything. It's just, that's pretty much how I feel. Like I start something and then I, it, it doesn't really finish. So, so so to to kind of transition a little bit, did you guys know that all three of us are music inspired people? I mean, Connor, mm. he said he raps, and then mm. Jenner, Jenner, you made your own music, and I was a music major. I wanted to be a uh, vocal teacher. Oh, nice! For, yeah, and I didn't really. Uh, I got a. I, I I did my podcast on doing the Britney Spears impression, which Britney I fucking fell miserably. <laughs> no, I would not. <laughs> I, I also for uh, sound engineering too, so like post production and stuff like that. I just I don't really do that much of it anymore unless I'm doing like yeah. my own music. But I used to have a studio where I, people would pay me to come and record and stuff like that. That was a fun time. So with with the the music that we have, what is it about music that you guys find so fascinating about it? Mm. I think music is like the it, it, so I think the the universe is made out of patterns, right? And mm-hmm. music is like a distillation of those patterns. And it's a way, it's like an apparatus for aligning yourself with the patternistic aspect of this reality. And so, and that's why you can't articulate it because most yeah. of the patterns in the world, like even things that we perceive as objects are really just patterns. Mo- even though most patterns can't be articulated. And music is a perfect example of that. You can't articulate why you like it. Some people would say, I like music because it makes me happy. And it's like, no, 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 no. You listen to sad music too. So you don't just listen to music to make you happy. There's something more. Mm. What about you, Jenner? What do you think about it? I I see music very differently because I see how other people do it. And I've, I've always done it very different. I'm self-taught. Um, so even when I go into a project, I try to come into it from the outside as like the Martian visitor <laughs> to the planet. Yeah. Um, but there's something extremely powerful about sound, which is why mm-hmm. I started a podcast and didn't try to write a book. You know what I mean? There's something very powerful about sound. I, I came into this as a as a sound creator, as a composer, as a musician, whatever. Mm-hmm. The power of of harmony synchronicity and things lining up there's certain things sounding like they belong together and certain other things just sounding like they don't um if it's always felt for me like that was a deeper there was a deeper kind of natural truth to all of it that like we're we're poking at it with music but the thing that's actually there is is bigger it's it 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 underlies the whole thing. It's the ground that we stand on. And this is just one tool that we have to kind of poke at it. Um, And I've, I've felt quite inept (laughs) in my own, in my own exploration of this because I'm coming at it outside of it. You know, I'm not, I'm not like music theory is the perfect example because I can, I, I can write you a beautiful score 
but I can't read or write music. You know what I mean? That's, that that feels like something different. It feels like the dots on the page or something that society invented to explain the thing that we're doing because they ca- they couldn't do it. They had to translate mm. it into their own thing that they could figure out what we were doing. Um, so music has always been like that for me, like kind of deeper, just underlying. It, it feels like a force of nature almost um, that I'm just like kind of grappling, just reaching for the dark, you know, well, scrambling, trying to grab onto. Yeah, and I definitely think it is a force of nature. Here's something interesting to think about. Sound has always existed. And it just wasn't audible to any creature until they evolved to have the physiology to, to, to hear it. Um, you know, every major creation story starts with the sound, if you really think about it. Even in science, mm. um, in the beginning was the word. In Hinduism, it's Shiva's drum and the dance. Um, mm-hmm. In Buddhism, it's the primordial om. It's, uh, in, in, the, in science, it's the Big Bang. We, the sound is such a fundamental aspect of the universe. And I, I believe, and there's no way to necessarily prove this until we develop more advanced tools for um, recording sound in space. But I believe that sound is everywhere. And mm-hmm. it's for a creature to be able to uh, inhabit that area who has the physiology to hear that sound. You um, guys, you guys, <laughs> both of you, I hope, I hope. Like I, I, I've, I, I am very much in a great place personally right now. I feel fantastic. I'm fairly well rested. I'm, I'm in a good mind state. I've had a few scotches. I'm just relaxing. I'm just absorbing. Uh, you should, but, but, but like the thing that you need to know right now, both of you, if you don't know it already, because you haven't heard me say it on the show, because I've only mentioned it a few times, the mind wave theme song. The mind wave theme song that comes up and it's like that that like weird ass bassy sound. Yeah. That is not an instrument. That is not an instrument. It is the light waves from a star. That is the sounds that were the the NASA found this was a pulsating star phenomenon, something. NASA took this light data, they took the light. And they translated it into sound that we could actually hear, and they turned it into a fucking baseline. So, like, mm. you just, you guys just tapped into something very deep in my own show that I didn't even really realize yeah. how deep it was until, like, all of these circles started overlapping in a really mm-hmm. crazy way. But yeah, like, the mm-hmm. mind wave sound that wow yeah that's star kc four five seven x niner alpha seven two zero quadrant <laughs> fucking whatever i don't i don't know what the name of the star is off the top of my head but yeah, yeah. that that is where that that was never that was never a sat it, it existed but like nobody yeah. could ever hear it. it it took the power of the human mind and the power of a computer to translate that into something that our ears could hear. And, uh, Oh man. I don't know if you guys have ever listened to shamanic throat singing, but I highly recommend it. And it sounds a lot like that sound that you have at the beginning of your show, Jenner. I'd recommend checking that out. 
Uh, but if you guys don't know this, um, when <laughs> when I was like when I was like I really it. really young, yeah, when I was like about four or five years old, um, I had a lot of stomach issues, and um, I had a, I had a really bad dream about getting possessed when I was little, mm. and my mom brought in monks. So they laid me down, and I remember looking at a bunch of monks. One was, you know, three to my right, two to my left. One was top of my head, and they sang music to scare off the spirits. If I was Asian, would monks sing to me in my dream? Huh? I'm kidding. I said, if I was Asian, would monks sing to me in my dream? I mean, if you are possessed, then sure. <laughs> it's like, they're they're uh, gonna go save the white boy. I want to. So, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> So, so that's what they did. They sung something to kind of scare away the spirits. And my family has a line of shamans. So my my great grandma was a shaman. My grandpa was a shaman. My other grandma was a shaman. And so I don't know why I didn't become a shaman, but what if? I guess it's just skip the fucking line. You know? you're, so you're, a, you're a shaw woman <laughs> and you're bringing the womanly fierceness into it. You're bringing like the tits of the gods with a flaming sword storming in. Like, no, shaman are just like, yes, peace be with you. And you're like, you have flaming wings of fucking cosmic fire and you're like peace will be with you motherfucker i am like this is not even a question you just like (laughs) i'm like the texan fucking exorcist get 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 on out of there you get you goddamn spirit you devil you evil devil you you get on out of that soul no like you are you are are a shot you are a shop person a a gender neutral shop person (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I used to want to be a shaman too. You know, it's like a, they live like a sad life. Um, do you guys know like what happens to people who become shamans in the Amazon? I could tell you guys some. Did you say Amazon? They yeah, go the Amazon. crazy. They go super duper crazy. Yeah. Well, no, this is the it, same it, thing in in like you know biblical times. People going into caves and stuff to talk right. to the oracles. They go a little bit nuts. So they get some great ideas. In, in the Western world, we call it schizophrenia. That's what shamanism is. It's they when, when when someone becomes a shaman, it's because at a young age they started having auditory and visual hallucinations, and they were mentored by another person who had. They look at it as a vital role in society, whereas we like denigrate those people and act like they're a nuisance. And I've actually so like in the Amazon, there's a lot of you could they, we've interviewed a lot of these people. They have the same voices that schizophrenic people have, except in their culture, they're affirming. They're nice. They say nice things to them. Whereas, like, you know, I have a friend who's schizophrenic, and they say terrible things to him. And it's all because of the cultural connotation. Interesting. It's, um, it, the, 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 um. I had another friend who was was schizophrenic, too, and he had it, he had affirming voices when he was a child. And he was, he grew up in, in church. And so, and he never told anybody about it because he just assumed that everybody had angels talk to them. Yeah. He, mm. just, he just thought that everybody had that and that wasn't abnormal. And it wasn't until he got older that they started kind of saying more like devilish things that he realized, oh, there's something wrong. There's something like different about me. Uh, so there's a huge link between schizophrenia and shamanism, but we just, we just treat it so much differently here. There's no room. We don't make room for those people. Whereas like, in the Amazon, they feel like they need those people. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I think it really is like a colors other people can't see kind of thing. Like, imagine 
just between the three of us now, you, we all know what the spectrum looks like, what the rainbow looks like, what all of the colors that make up everything that we know, what, what those look like. And, and imagine trying to um, describe a new color that's not red or orange or yellow or green or blue or purple or anything in between or any combination thereof. It's like some people see in six colors. Some people might see in 12. You know what I mean? And, and that's a, there's there's kind of something deeper there, I think, to, well, also to dig at. There's no way to know that if the yellow that you see is the yellow that I see. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. We agree that it's yellow because we both point at it and we say it's yellow, but you don't know that you see it the same way. There's no way to articulate what yellow is. Right. Yes. The only thing you could be like, yeah, it's like bananas are yellow and those little fucking minions from those stupid kid movies. They're yeah, like the, 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 All you can do is like provide a laundry list of other things that are yellow. <laughs> You know what I mean? You can't really like describe what, you know, or or it it really is trying to come up with a new color. Okay. What is it? What does it feel like? Well, it feels warm. Um, It feels fiery, you know, like, but it's not, it's not red. It's not orange. It's not yellow. It's not anything in between. It's something different. It feels different. And in, in that light, it's a language barrier. I think there. Um, and and almost fundamentally, it's kind of like a spiritual barrier to like how do we, how do we, how do we tell the people who can only see three colors that there's a fourth color? You know what I mean? That they can, that they can see, that they can train themselves to see. Uh, it almost see like even even invoking that feels pretentious and douchey. Like, why can't you see this seventh color? <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's like some of us see and feel more than others. Just some of us see in more colors and some of us literally, excuse me, some of us literally see in black and white and mm-hmm. that, that manifests as an actual uh, ocular thing in, in color blindness. Those people aren't any less human than we are, because if you've seen, um, there was uh, a thing I, believe it was by Valspar paint some um, some something some uh, promo that they ran a few years ago where they found people with colored blindness and they gave them glasses that were able to correct for that biological thing to allow them to see a full rainbow and they put them in a room with all the colors for the first time and you see you know, they, they break down crying. They're like, oh, my God, that's I've never seen those colors before. Uh, yeah. It's it, this is I mean, I'm I'm getting metaphorical here and and full disclosure. I have my bell now. I'm I'm tearing up. <laughs> I'm tearing up because the, okay? this is a yeah, I'm I'm better than okay i'm the best I like, going through the, I like how we're going through the five senses we went from sound to sight this is awesome um yeah oh, so, the, the yeah. metaphorical colors man there's something this is, there this is this is this is uh, to 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 our audience uh, this is what you call free flow mind sex and i've done this before and there's gonna be crying there's gonna be a lot of talking there's gonna be a lot of our sensations i got a little goosebumps not too long ago and it happens that's the point of the human connection so uh you guys thank you for that 
Um, I'm not done, but go uh, ahead. But but Boone, Boone, really though, are like yeah, I, idea sex as as a thing, <clears throat> as a show. Are we gonna start our own show? Because you were like, we should start our own show, and I was like, yes, we should. I was like, yes, but you were like, eh, and I was like, yeah, I'll have time for it in like 2064 or whatever, <laughs> because I have so many things on my plate. But like, really, really, I'm all about starting this as a new thing as like a oh my totally. god like let's investigate this go ahead connor i'm beginning to say this that this is so random and out of the blue dog shelters are shutting down and they're putting dogs down so i recommend everybody if you're looking for a dog now is the time call your local animal shelters find a dog that they're going to put down and adopt that motherfucker make him part of your family oh wow uh, is that what they're doing right now during the the you know the whole covet 19 bullshit they they're really pulling dogs down yeah because they, they're they're having to shut down they, 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 they oh um, yeah towns are a place with like a lot of contact so like it's a it's a high risk area so they're shutting down mm, yeah uh, i have three so dogs I, they're yeah. all rescues rescue a dog yeah. you will it will drive you crazy at but the the crazy moments are the best moments that you will ever get Go adopt yeah. a dog. Thank you. So Carter. this is the, seriously. That's yeah. So, beautiful. so this is yeah. So this is another transition that I like to do about empathic people. So um, Connor and I talked about this. Uh, <clears throat> where how do we explain to people about empathic? Like um, we're not psychics or anything like that. But I don't know about you guys, but I could feel like the residue of somebody's feeling. Do you guys get like that too? Like when you guys are out in public, does it exhaust you? Like it does with me, or am I just like tripping? Yeah, it is. It is entirely exhausting. It is entirely exhausting to be able to feel the emotions of other people, um, because a lot of people can't necessarily do this. They they can be um, not empathy, but um, what's 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 the other one? Uh, Sam Harris had an awesome episode about like the case against empathy. Because that mm. can be a dangerous place to go if you actually feel what other people are feeling. Um, oh, that that yeah. can put you into into dark places. But like there there's there's a line there between feeling and understanding. Mm. Um, and and that's a huge thing. But for me, for me personally, on my own journey here, this has been emotionally excruciating opening myself up to other people and hearing their stories and and sharing them and blasting them out it is it is exhausting in the true definition of the sense to where like after after conversations you know that that are that are kind of like this it's like connor you and i have kind of had this to where like after our first round of conversations it's like we feel exhilarated by like oh my god look at this gold look at this gold we discovered you know um but there is on on the the yin to the yang of that is um opening opening yourself up and actually feeling you know what like the large like the larger thing um it it's it's hard for me to put into words i'm not great with words i'm getting better but um it it's exhausting and it it like the the andrew yang dropping out thing is a perfect example of this because i literally went into a kind of coma 
for a mm. while because because I became the outlet through which people poured their sorrow, you know, and their emotion and just the raw human realness of it and absorbing all of that and taking it in and having to process it and produce it and flip it around and put it back out, you know, for the rest of the world to see being in tune be, at all. And and again, even these words I'm using, they sound pretentious to be like, yes, we feel this, you don't. But like, it it really is spiritually exhausting to 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 be one of these people who can do that um and it, this is why we're all kind of tortured souls in a sense which is like the like mind waves seeks the tortured souls because they're the most beautiful people on earth because they're the people who feel they're the people who think you know they're they're not the people who are are numbed by all of it who just want to play in the shallows and poke at the little anemones which are adorable if you've ever been to the tide pools at the beach if you've never been to a tide pool at a beach and stuck your finger into an anemone <laughs> and then <laughs> and watched it cur- curl up and shrivel up and in respond like that i think is like so much of what i'm trying to do is get back to the childlike wonder of everything like go do that if you've never done that if you've never been to a tide pool at low low tide and suck your finger and 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 then 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 maybe or seen an octopus or you know played with the starfish it is kind of it is it is kind of that it is kind of like that thing um yeah you know it's it ties to joy of discovery man or you can take an eighth of mushrooms either way (laughs) <laughs> you, you, you you can you can go the pharmacological route you can uh you know it take blunt forced instruments to your psyche to your you know whatever's going on in your head i i i feel like mindfulness and philosophy and spirituality whatever that may actually be i feel like this this is the um this is the scalpel this is the precision tool that we have um when so many of the other options that have gotten us there in the past, they're blunt force instruments, they're caveman tools, you know, where we just kind of whack each other over the head with it and, and to kind of tie it back into religion. I kind of feel like that's the, that's the thing that religion has done largely over, over the past, you know, however many thousand years is that it, it was, it, it got the job done in a certain sense, it came with all kinds of hosts of problems, but it really is is a blunt force kind of instrument, whereas to what we're doing here really is a precision kind of scalpel to the soul thing. It yeah. Again, this feels so lofty a language to use to describe this thing, but that's that for me personally, that's how it feels. Yeah, every major religion has tried to invoke the because religion the etymology of the word religion is respect for the sacred. So that kind of means that it's just a perceptual experience. It's it's a lens in which you can look at something. And many cultures have tried their best to invoke this experience by different means, whether that be music, art, architecture, uh, philosophy, uh, sitting in a cathedral and, and, and burning sage, whatever it may be. And, and, and every institution that's ever tried to do that, of course, just like any other institution, even outside of religion, it's going to have its own host of problems, like you said. 
what I think is cool about the modern day is that we have so much information at our disposal that we actually have the tools to invoke that experience outside of the institution. And, and that's, that's the first time in human history that that's ever happened. Um, unless you were kind of, you know, the type of person who was naturally sensitive to reality and you, you could see that. But other than that, if you, if you were just an average citizen, your only means back in those days to have that experience was through the purview or filtered through the purview of an institution. Mm. This is why I am I this is why I was pleased to tell Cedric, you know, and I'm pleased to tell you that in being drawn into this is like something bigger was calling me to do it. I'm happy to call it God. If that if that if that hits your ear and that makes sense to you, um, e- even if it doesn't make full sense to me, it makes enough sense to get the point across and which is why I'm totally happy to describe it is like that's what that is, you know what I mean? Is because we're getting it, it again. It's for the millionth time that I've said it. It's it's we're getting at something deeper, you know. Than, well, than the all thing about it. to me is just the similarities between not only the psychedelic experience and the religious experience, but also you know near death experiences. And then, funny enough, UFO abduction stories—they're all really, really similar. Uh, and I think it all kind of roots back to this idea that we yearn for an experience that's not extraterrestrial in the sense that it exists outside of this earth, but extraterrestrial, or or maybe a better word for it would be like foreign, something that uh, kind of breaches the framework of our existence. And it's, you know, a religious experience is boundary dissolving. That's what I noticed Mm -hmm. about it. It it breaks down the boundary between you and another person or you and an inanimate object or you and this planet or you and this universe. It makes it, 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 it reminds you of the interconnectedness of, it, of everything. And without sounding too much like a new age spiritual guru, I do believe mm-hmm. that um, experience is the best way to get insight into what other people think. You know what I mean? One thing that I've noticed when I've had, cause I've had a few psychedelic experiences is I was able to see how other people feel. And that's kind mm-hmm. of what we're doing in these podcasts. You know what I mean? We're, we're having conversations so that we can, not only know what you think, but see why you think it and see how it makes you feel. And then that's, that's to me, that's the core of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people, they, they, they have like, you know, re- religious, you know, experiences, spiritual and stuff like that. But my experience came from me giving birth, actually. No, that shit fucking child, hurt. Having a child is extremely psychedelic <laughs> from what I hear. Yeah, no, no, it hurts. I mean, a lot, a lot of people they're like, I, I had an orgasm. I go, I fucking did it. <laughs> so it's it's more like, like my my motherly side comes out, and this is why. Um, um, I don't know if you guys uh know this to my listeners. Um, I will always support Jenner and Connor in every way that I can. I will give them the clothes on my backs because ever since I gave birth that motherly side came out of it and that shit hurts y'all it really does it feels like you need to take a shit but like 32 times worse mm. and a top period crap so it was painful and i i 32 I, times I, how do you quantify that <laughs> i don't know I'm, I'm just saying it because it hurts <laughs> and so and and this is why i always i'm very i'm very loving and i that that before that, when I got into politics and stuff like that, I had a, a team that I fought for. But after I gave birth to my son, that that whole tribal shit kind of lessened a little bit. 
on my end. Um, I don't know why. And if you guys can have an explanation, that'd be great. But I felt like my fucking third eye opened when my fucking fourth eye down there opened and shot something out. You know, it was so fucking painful, y'all. <laughs> this, this, this gets at, oh God, my mic stand is fucking up. Um, but, but you know, you know what? Um, it, it does hurt. It does hurt. It's to, to expose yourself. Um, and this is something that I, I have, I'm still trying to come to terms with as, as a creator, because so much of the, so much of the stuff that I'm doing does it, it, it physically hurts. <laughs> Um, not not quite like trying to squeeze a watermelon through a garden hose, <laughs> which is what, what what my understanding of how baby birthing works is like. Yes, you're trying to squeeze a watermelon through a garden hose. Uh, it it, it were the 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 uh, <clears throat> the the existential kind of pain and dread that that comes with that does. It also comes with a, a new awakening, a rebirth, if you will. However, however you want to um, phrase this, oh, oh, the the answer to uh, getting more woke. <laughs> if you're yeah. listening to the, any of this as a listener, and you're like, "What the fuck are these guys talking about?" The thing, the thing that brought us here is actually pain. Um, all of us, mm -hmm. we 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 were brought here by the most excruciating pain we've ever felt. And it is, it is not just a, a, Oh, that was so horrible. It's like that pain, that excruciating pain, it becomes the most beautiful thing that you've ever experienced. And like, I've never had kids. I've never popped a human out of any of my orifices, but it, it's like, <laughs> I, it, metaphorically i think there there's a, a good line to draw there is that like it is it's through pain that we find our way it's um right. fucking and this goes back to ancient rome per aspera ad astra you know like through hardship to the stars it's it's you can't just say like to the stars like yeah we're going to the stars it's like no we will absolutely go to the stars but it's going to be through pain and hardship and heartbreak and you know yeah. you got to take a bone saw to the rib cage on a lot of this stuff to really open yourself up enough to even get what the getting at is getting at you know it it, it is it's mm. through hardship it's through pain it's through these things that create the, 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 the darkness creates the light in a certain sense. It's like, <sighs> yeah. And, and, and of course to experience all this, we, as babies, we all come out naked. Right. And so we have to kind of expose ourselves a little bit to this, you know, I'm not saying purposely hurt yourself, but um, don't be afraid for that you know, to happen in the process of, of being alive. Yes. Um, Never be ashamed of so, it. That's what it is to be human. You're, you're a real human in that moment. If you try to shut that out, then you're, you're, you're quieting, you're quieting the most important part of your fucking soul. I mean, they're, they're it's, right. it's easy. It's easy to shut it out. The harder thing is to embrace it. Um, 
but it, it, it it's it's harder for a reason. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, so we've been talking for about two hours, and I after every ep- every series that I do, I mean every episode that I do of Free Flow Mind Sex, I want to ask you guys what wisdom that you guys like to share with the audience from you guys have been so far alive what wisdom that you guys want to kind of um that you guys have learned along the way of your existence to the world um jenner do you want me to go first connor this is you man i i got i got my uh, nuclear bomb to drop you go you go bro you go bro <laughs> this is you. yeah this is you the best advice i can give to anybody is to be grateful despite your suffering and despite your plight. Um, Mm. There's so many things in life to be resentful for. There's so many things in life to be, you know, angry about, but none of those things are helpful. None of those things have utility. Anger does have utility sometimes in dealing with situations with other people, but it doesn't have any utility when aimed just at nothing or at the, the, the fabric of the universe itself. So I say the best thing you mm-hmm. can do is um, just be grateful despite whatever it is that may be on your plate at this particular moment. Mm-hmm. Jenner? I love it. Well, mm-hmm. well, children, I'm going to get real, I'm going to get real <laughs> soft and real close to the mic for this one, because if you have a chance if you have a chance, if you're in a if you're in a big city with a lot of people, if you have a chance, drive drive a couple hours outside that city and look up at the sky. Because if if you haven't taken time to do that and taken time to see what's really there, you need to do that just to as a basic fundamental of like, yes, isn't it beautiful to watch a sunset? But the the reason that I'm asking you, the listener, to go look at the stars is because I want you to realize that you are that. That thing that feels so overwhelming, that feels like it wants to crush you into the tiniest little hole in the ground, like our pre-mammalian ancestors that survived the asteroids and allowed allowed the dinosaurs to take over the earth. Um, You need to know the listener that you have a very important thing to add here. You, your light as it were, may not be seen in the full scale view of of the milky way as a single point of light but it it adds to the larger light of the universe that is that is getting out there um that a little too esoteric but the the, the thing if i have to tie it back to the lego movie i will um you have a very important story to tell here your your piece that you're adding to this story is could very well be the piece at the cornerstone that's going to hold the whole thing up the next time we get a, a, a an apocalyptic virus craze or an asteroid or whatever it may be um my my parting message is that um 
you're not a passive observer. If you're listening to this now as, as, as one of Boone's audiences, persons, (laughs) if you're listening to this now and you've been kind of, I don't know what to do, you know, sitting around waiting for the cavalry to come to rescue us all. That's the, it's not coming. It, it, you are it. It's you're the person you who's hearing this right now. You're, you're the thing that's going to be a part of the mission to save all of this. You're going to be right there in the cavalry, uh, storming in to, to, to save the castle from the people who are trying to tear it apart. You know, you, you are going to be the guards standing there at, at, at the gates at the library of Alexandria saying, no, we're not going to allow it to be burned down this time. We're not going to allow this to be lost. So this, this is my weird way of framing this personal responsibility of thing. That's like saying, no, this is, this is you, this is your job. Um, it's if ever you were waiting for a sign, this is fucking it because you're you're the thing that that makes us all work. It's not just us up here on the plateau talking down to you, the listener, as like, oh, isn't that a nice thing to absorb? No, don't just absorb it. Be a part of it because you're why we are doing this. The people who are listening to this right now, you are why we are making this. Uh, and you need to realize your own power in this story. You need to realize the power of your own voice. Um, Mm -hmm. And when you hear it for the first time, it will probably bring you to your knees in the most beautiful way it's ever happened. But it, it's like that, that's what this is. It's you, it's not us. It's you. So that, that, that's my, my, uh, my cosmic uh, uh, mind droppings (laughs) of, uh, wisdom or whatever to leave you with is that it really is you guys it's not us so guys you know be grateful watch the fucking stars lube it up and as always guys stay far out bye far out